Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking real estate investing in an erratic market with Brandon Turner. Right, we are doing a deep dive into real estate investing with the man himself, Brandon Turner. Uh, he quite literally wrote the book on real estate investing. Well, actually, he I should say books, like books with an S, because he's written about 10 of them, I believe. Uh, he was also the former host of the Bigger Pockets podcast with over 100 million downloads, where like basically all they did was talk about real estate every single episode. Uh, you might know him as Beardy Brandon on all of the socials. That's the first time I came across Brandon Turner. Uh, and he practices what he preaches as well, because the, the latest numbers I could find showed that Brandon, that, that he's an investor with 7,400 units. That is a lot of doors. Um, and so we're, we're going to go ahead and just cut right to it since we've got a lot we want to talk about today. So Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Dudes, thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is a dream come true. You know, when I was seven, I said, someday I'm going to be on How To Money. And today, 
it came true. Thank you for having Your predictive me. <laughs> powers are impressive. It's, and the it's, fact it's, that you knew he would exist. Incredible. Yeah. The first question <laughs> we ask everyone, by the way, Brandon, we, you know, Matt and I, we like to splurge on things that matter in the here and now while we're trying to be successful investors, save and invest for our futures. And so the thing that we like to splurge on, or one of the few things that we like to splurge on is craft beer. But yeah, what, what is the thing that, that you like to splurge on in your life? Mm, I'm going to start this strong by breaking the rules and give you two. Uh, number one, I will buy, if I have an idea to buy a book, I will buy the book. Like, no question. Like, I, if, if I'm like, hmm, that sounds like a good book, I buy it no matter what. All so right. I've bought thousands and thousands of books in my life because my theory is that almost every book changes my life in some way for the better. And then I just bought a $3,000 espresso machine because I want to learn how to make latte art. <laughs> Holy so, crap. Wow. Yeah. $3,000. Yeah. I didn't know they made espresso machines that cost oh. that much. Man, you can buy a personal one for seven grand, but I wasn't that crazy. Does this thing also give you a back massage, or like, what's what makes <laughs> Did you hire it, uh, a person to make apart? coffee for you? <laughs> it does. They set your schedule and they like make lunch for you for the day. It's really great. It's like having a mom. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Except for you're calling for the espresso, not the meatloaf. Oh, uh, yes, Brandon. exactly. Mom! Meatloaf! <laughs> espresso! Uh, yes, now! Let's, let's kind of dive in, man. Let, let's talk about, I want to talk about just kind of your past, your history with real estate here. Uh, like, what, what does real estate investing mean to you? You know, like, what is it that got you into it in the first place? John Grisham. You ever read any John Grisham books? It's been okay, a minute, yeah. but yes. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, like the firm. All right, so I read the firm. I'm like 21 years old and I'm studying for law school. And the, like my plan all along was like go to law school. Well, like for, anyway, after college, I was like go to law school, become a lawyer, make a bunch of money, and that's how I'm going to do my life. And then I read The Firm, which is a fiction book about like the mafia, right? But in there, John Grisham used to be an attorney. And so he constantly digs at attorneys with this like – you're going to work 100 hours a week for 50 years and go through, you know, four wives and, you know, at the end of your life, you're going to be super rich and have no friends. And he just kind of makes this constant dig at lawyers. And I was like, wait, is that what a lawyer's really like? And then I started looking into it. And the more I looked into it, that is what a lot of lawyers are really like. Hmm. They work so hard. And then I'm like, well, shoot. At the same time, I bought this like house just because I was like, it was cheap to buy a house. I bought this cheap house for 80 grand, rented out all the bedrooms to some buddies, and then I sold it. And I made 25 grand. And I was like, well, shoot, that's half the starting salary of a lawyer for the first year. So uh, I, I canceled all my law school plans. And I was like, I'm just going to buy real estate and be Crazy. rich. And that was Wait, so how it was, started. Is that essentially your first deal was buying that house and, and yeah. kind of house hacking, renting out the rooms to roommates? Yep. Yeah, wow. actually, you could even say it goes before that. Before that, even, I rented a four-bedroom, before I knew anything, I rented a four-bedroom apartment back in college, and then I went and found, like, three other guys to rent the bedrooms, and I was living for, like, pretty cheap, and I'm like, well, this is cool. Nice. Well, what if I lived on the couch? So I ended up renting out my bedroom, <laughs> and I just lived on the couch for, like, six months, and I got to live for They're free. Like, who's that, so, who's that bum, yeah, the bum on the couch? <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. his yeah. name is on the lease. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it actually worked out really well, and so that was kind of the entrance, but then, yeah, I did the house and then I house hacked another one about a duplex lived in one unit rented out the other and yeah I grew it from that and so okay you're a dad and a husband and and you've talked about how like that that freedom to be able to spend your time in the way you choose how that's a big part too of Huge. why you like investing in real estate but you've also mentioned that as an entrepreneur it's easy to lose sight of the reason that you opted to take that route in the first place right so you might say that it's one thing you might uh, go down the walter white path of like i'm doing this for my family and then you completely <laughs> rip your family apart uh so how do you kind of maybe keep grounded in kind of that uh that reason that the reason that pulls you towards real estate investing without going overboard 
Yeah, man. And it is like the entrepreneur curse, right? It's like you, you get into entrepreneurship because you want to make money to have more freedom and then you end up working forever and like you forget the freedom that you were even going for. So you're shackled uh, yeah. to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you get shackled to it. So a couple of things that I that that keep me out of that for the most part. Now there are times where I have to get in and work hard, but uh, for the most part, uh, number one, I have learned over the years that good counsel from good friends like will direct your life, right? In other words, like when, when I surround myself with other people who have similar values, and what I mean by that is like, they, they, they value time with their family and not killing yourself with work. When I surround myself with those guys, they will call you out on it because they're like, hey, man, you want to go out and get a mm-hmm. beer? And you're like, no, can't. I got to work. And they're like, what's... What do you mean you got to work? Come on, you run your own business. <laughs> and they'll call you out on it. Uh, the second thing uh, is I try to make it a point to like, I, okay, I should, this is going to sound bad. I'll say never tell my kids no. But what I mean by that is not like, you know, you can't have this ice cream. But like I, if they're like, daddy, daddy, can you play with me? I try my hardest. Like if there's too many times in a row where I have to say, no, I have to go work then I know there's a problem, right? And and that is kind of a, a gauge, right? To see like, am I doing that a lot lately or is it just a one, one-off thing? Because I got little kids, two and six, so they want to play all the time. So it's a, it's sure. a constant yeah. gauge that I measure uh, and, and I do okay on it. I, I'm not the best at it, but the last point I'll make on that is what I have found is as you elevate your leadership mindset, and that's a big phrase, leadership mindset, like the way that you approach problems in building a company, the way you approach your leadership mindset will determine how many hours you work. The, the people at the, like, with the highest level mindset, uh, what I call like the energy or the brand, right? Think like The Rock or Richard Branson. They actually work fewer hours than the person at the bottom, which would be like the pilot driving, you know, flying Richard Branson's plane or, uh, you know, whatever. Like the higher you elevate your mindset and get out of the day-to-day, the DIY stuff, the hands-on stuff, the more you elevate and become a leader, the more flexibility you have in that. So in every business endeavor I do, I'm always asking myself, how do I elevate the mindset to become a better leader and uh, less of a DIYer? I like it. Yeah, that means more time with the kids, more time doing things that you want to do, and more time with your espresso machine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That thing must have come straight from Italy. Oh man, it did. It was, it is a beautiful <laughs> work of art. You know what? I, I like to say that I, I bought 7,000 whatever un- rental units just so I could become a barista. I probably could have shaved <laughs> off 15 years, but right. you know, whatever, I'm getting there. Yeah, I probably can make you guys could. a coffee when you come over. Well, hey, <laughs> so on the note of, uh, of your kids as well, like I've heard you talk about buying a quadplex um, as yeah. your method for saving for kids' college. Awesome idea. You know, most folks, they kind of just opt for the 529 plan. What made you choose that less conventional route other than the fact that this is something that you're really familiar with? Yeah. All right. So uh, it was started as kind of an accident. Let me explain it, the situation. So the week my daughter was born, we happened to be closing on a four unit property. And so I, there was a, her very first outing, like my daughter's you know, very first time out in the world. She, she goes with us. We sign papers. We go drive by this property. It is nasty. Uh, it, it was a horrible property, but we fixed it up, whatever. But in that process, I remember thinking that week, I'm like, well, what if I put this on like like what if I was I, so when I like Dave Ramsey's calculator, he has like an early payoff calculator. And I was like, what would my payment have to increase in order to pay this off in 18 years when she goes off to college? And, and it'd been like, I don't know, $180 a month more. It was like nothing, right? That thing, ca- that property actually mm-hmm. makes $1,000 a month in cash flow. So for an extra 180 bucks a month, nice. I can have it paid off 12 years early. And I'm like, well, that means when she goes to college, that property, which at the time was worth about 150, based on just normal appreciation, it should be worth about 
I, I thought around $300,000 by the time she goes to college and we have paid it off. So not only did I get $1,000 a month in cash flow for 18 years, and that goes up over time, I got a mortgage that stays the same, right? But rents go up. So not only do I make all this money every month, but two, it's paid off to nothing and it's worth 300,000. Now the irony is now six years later, it's worth like way more than that. It's worth like 400,000, but that's just, <laughs> right. the last couple of years have been nuts with real estate, right? But sure. that's, I mean, so those two things are cool, right? But the third piece is the most important. The cash flow is great, the loan getting paid off and the property going up in value, all that, the wealth is great. But the real value is that Rosie gets to see for the next 18 years, well now what do we have, 12 left, she gets to see the real power of real estate. She gets to learn how do all those factors work together? How does appreciation and depreciation and cash flow and all of that stuff in a real property that she has a stake in because it's her future. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I hope she doesn't use it for college. I hope that I've done such a good job of teaching her through that example of her property that when she gets 18, she's like, all right, dad, I want to use that for real estate instead. And I hope she builds an empire with it. That's so cool. Yeah, my my daughter the other day, she's she just turned nine, and she was asking me about, well, hey, Dad, how much have you saved up for, for my college? And I just thought it was kind of an interesting question from a nine-year-old, but she's starting to think about those things. And the great thing yeah. is you have like a physical, tangible asset that's producing money, cash flow every month, spitting off cash. And you can, like, she can follow the progress. <laughs> and and yeah. when she knows that that is kind of hers to inherit, uh, it, it's th there's an education component to that that's really cool. Yeah, it's huge because you can tell somebody something all day long and they may get it, but they probably won't. Uh, and especially like, you know, try to explain to your kids like how like a 529 works or like how does stocks work or private equity. Sure. It's so confusing. But a kid can see like my daughter is six. She understands very, very well that house is that we own it. Somebody else lives there. They pay money. We pay money to somebody else and we get to keep the difference. Like she gets that. That's and it. so like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that, and that's the, that's the most important thing. Like if she learns mm -hmm. nothing else from school and for the next eight, 12, whatever years of her life, like if she graduates with that from high school, then I did my job. Absolutely, unless, unless she decides that, you know what, real estate's not for me. Saw, uh, saw <laughs> yeah. dad set up his empire and, uh, <laughs> and I wanna I'm, be a surgeon, you know I'm gonna be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. If she wants to be a doctor, she's got her whole medical, like, you know, school paid for now because <laughs> of one property. Uh -huh. Yeah, she has said, and hopefully then she gets it like, oh, maybe as a doctor, I should invest in real estate, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. and then she'll invest in, she'll invest with me and my company and my fund and then we'll, we all win. Look at that. Rather like, than maybe, just actually, buying I, into yeah. a specific practice or, or, or whatever. But yeah. uh, I mean, that's obviously that's an unconventional way to save for college. But I mean, generally speaking, your kind of approach to life is, is fairly unconventional, uh, which is, you know, we, we personally think it's awesome. Mm. A lot of folks think of Maui, think of Hawaii as like a vacation destination. But uh, what made you decide to move there permanently? That yeah. is something that, I mean, in particular with the, the high cost of living there, it's not something that a lot of folks do. Is it kind of like the espresso machine where you're thinking, why not live in the most beautiful place in our country? Yeah, man. So here's how it started. I'm at a birthday okay. party, this kid's little birthday party. And uh, this is, I think, even before Rosie was born. And I meet this guy there, this bald guy. His name's Jared. And I'm like, hey, what, you know, what do you do? It's like that awkward conversation you have at like a kid's birthday when you're like the old people. And he's like, oh, yeah, I live, <laughs> I, I work in digital marketing. I live in Hawaii. And I'm like, what, 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 you live in Hawaii? And he's like, yeah, I live, I live in Hawaii. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean you live in Hawaii? No one lives in Hawaii. And he's like, yeah, I, I just put everything on a shipping container a couple years ago and moved it out to Hawaii. <laughs> and I'm like, how have I never thought of that, that you could just move to Hawaii? 
And so that was like the kind of like the four minute mile, right? You know the story, like the, like the, nobody broke the four minute mile until that one guy did, and then everyone did it after that. It's like uh-huh. that made it real. It made it possible. And so then I'm like, okay, well let me go, let me let me go to Hawaii. I like Hawaii. I, I, I never thought about living there. So I go there, and 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 Hawaii was the only place I'd ever been in my life where. I didn't want the trip to end at the end. Like every vacation I go on, it's like, hmm. oh, it's amazing, but I can't wait to get home, right? So like yeah. I went for a week at a time. I went to a, yeah, a week and it was great. And I was like, at the end of it, I'm like sitting there at like a cheesecake factory. My flight's leaving in an hour. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make my flight. And I don't think I want to make my <laughs> flight. Like that happened numerous times, right? Then I go for a whole month because I wanted to learn how to surf and loved that. Uh, and then I go for three months and I loved that. And every time it was not enough. And so around, you know, the, the month time is when I met that Jerry guy. And uh, so when I went for three months, I looked for a property, spent the whole time on the island of Oahu, couldn't find anything, changed my mind. I was like, all right, fine, screw it. I'm not moving to Hawaii. And then I went over to Maui just for a weekend, just to stop by. And I found my house within 30 minutes of landing. Like I didn't look at, I didn't, I'm the real estate guy, right? Make tons of offers, analyze a million deals, understand your market. I landed. My daughter fell asleep in the car because she was a baby. I drove around and I saw an open house sign. And I went and stood on the front porch of the Lanai's. And I'm like, this is it. Like, I found wow. it. So I didn't, look at, I didn't look at a single other house. I bought a $2 million house uh, and without looking at anything else. And it was the best thing I have ever done. Because the energy you get from living in Hawaii, it is next level. Like, when you live in a place where you love and people come to visit and you're just getting that constant influx of intelligent conversation over a glass of whiskey on the front porch, like, oh, life doesn't get better it's so good that's awesome man and i think it, it just shows like a decisiveness too um and a willingness to like and that's what it takes to be a real estate investor like right if you mm. want to be a successful real estate investor it does take um a little bit of of daring of boldness and um, it, you know yeah i'm just it, it does but can i jump in real quick here this is interesting yeah. i think this will help, help drive the conversation a little bit so I, I sound like i was really confident at the time no i was terrified right at the time i was like <laughs> i'm gonna i can't spend two million dollars on a house We're like i don't know anything about this right so i call my buddy david green david was the is the host of the bigger pockets podcast right now he was co-host with me like we did it together and now i'm gone but David said to me, he's like, okay, well, walk me through the deal, Brandon. And I'm like, okay, this property is a three-unit property with ocean views. It is um, beautiful. It's got, like, I can rent out two of the units. I can live in one if I ever had to. He's like, okay, so what could you rent? Like, what could you rent those for? And I'm like, well, I could probably get, like, you know, 3000 for the back and probably three for the basement. And, you know, he's like, okay, well, what happens if you moved out and you came back and this whole thing failed? I'm like, I could probably get four for my house. Uh, he's like, okay, so you're telling me you can get $10,000 a month in, ca- in like revenue coming in. What would be your mortgage payment? Well, like 8,000 a month. He's like, okay, so you're telling me that worst case scenario here, <laughs> uh-huh. you go back to the mainland, you failed, you're making thousands of dollars a month in profit, and you have a $2 million house in Maui, Hawaii with an ocean view. Now, 30 years from now, what is a house, he goes, he asked me, 30 years from now, what is a house in Maui worth? That's $2 million today. What's it worth in 30 years? I'm like, I don't know, probably $5 million. He's like, okay, so let me just get this straight. Worst case scenario, you're making thousands of dollars a month in cash flow. You have a $5 million asset 30 years from now, and you owe nothing on it. Brandon, is that your worst case scenario? And I was like, yeah, that is the worst case scenario. Because when you look at real estate over the long time frame, over a long time frame, it is really, really hard to screw it up. Right? When you look yeah. at it over the long mm-hmm. it's really hard. You get so many things going for you 
that that's why I love real estate. I love it, man. I love it. No, I appreciate you jumping in and saying that, and that helps so much. And then, and to have somebody to bounce things things off of, like Matt and I talk about that a lot on the show because we're literally best friends, and we bounce our money ideas, our real estate investing ideas off each other. And it's so nice to have someone who can help you like get over some of that fear and help you bring out some of those tangible realities. And what is the worst mm. case scenario? And and typically it's not nearly as bad as you built it up in your mind to be. But uh, Brandon, we've got more questions we want to get to uh, specifically about real estate investing. Uh, and we'll get to some of those, especially given what's happening in the market right now. We'll get to some of those questions right after this. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the Money app 
Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break talking with Brandon Turner. And, uh, you know, Brandon, it was awesome to kind of hear some of your personal story, how you first got into real estate. Uh, you're inspiring all of us to buy real estate now in Hawaii. <laughs> Everybody's on Zillow right but, now. Uh, they listen. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about um, some of the different paths you can take, right? Because there are a ton of different options, like like flips. You could house hack uh, like you're doing there in Hawaii. Uh, you can Airbnb, an apartment, single family, you know, multifamily rentals. Like, how do you suggest for folks to figure out out which of those paths is going to be right for them. Yeah, that's an awesome question. Yeah, one of the actually very first blog posts I ever wrote my entire life, like 10 years ago, it was called like 101 Ways to Invest in Real Estate. And that yeah. was not <laughs> a hard list to come up with. Like it took me like 10 <laughs> minutes, right? So in other words, there are so many different ways you can make wealth in real estate. And I can point to a millionaire in every single one of those niches. So it, that, that that sounds amazing, right? But at the same time, it's actually the biggest detriment to a lot of people because they get into real estate and they get overwhelmed. Like, oh, I'm going to do this or that. Or how do I know what the right thing is? So Here's what I typically tell people. Look, all real estate is, is two things. It's a niche and a strategy. A niche is the type of real estate you are going to buy, and a strategy is what you do with it. So the, the million strategies out there, or the million things you could do, it really comes down to pick a niche, pick a strategy. I'm going to flip houses. I'm going to uh, buy and hold or you know rent multifamily, right? So it, it's all a niche and a strategy. So the second thing to understand is once it's, it's that's, simply put, understand that almost everything works, but it doesn't always work everywhere. In other words, you might really love the idea of doing Airbnb for strategy with condos, which is a really neat strategy that I do. I have a couple that make a, they're like little ATM machines, but you might want to do it in the middle of like, you know, rural Kansas. Like it's just not going to work there. (laughs) Right. So certain things work better in certain areas. So what I typically tell people is this feel the fire feel the fire. In other words, what fires you up? When you listen to a podcast or a bunch of podcasts about real estate, this is one of the good things about the Bigger Pockets podcast is we interview people about every one of these strategies. Like all like there is no focus. It's just like whatever people do. So which one fires you up? You're like like for whatever weird reason, like 5 years ago, mobile home parks fired me up. The more I heard about mobile home parks, some part of my soul was like, oh, I like that. And so that is the right niche and strategy for me is buying mobile home parks. I buy a lot of them. Also, multifamily, like apartment complexes, that fires me up. So that's what we we also do that. 
uh, follow that fire a little bit. And then if you want to invest local, fine, go talk to some local people, figure out what they're doing. It's not like the great thing about real estate too, is that it's nothing's a secret. Like there's zero secrets in the industry. It's just like, everyone's doing it. Just do what everyone else is doing. And you'll probably be fine. It's, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like ridiculous. Like how, I don't want to say easy, but like how simple it is because so many millions of people do it. I, I think that's a great way to put it, right? It is like the strategies are not terribly difficult to understand and so they're so simple you can explain them to your seven eight nine year old like it's you can have that conversation yeah. they can understand how and why real estate makes money one of, one of my questions for you too is in the intro matt mentioned that you uh that you basically own something like 7400 units right you've invested in 7400 units that that can be a daunting number to some people they might be like okay if i can't mm -hmm, go big yeah. i should just go home maybe i should stick to the like generic index fund strategy how do you suggest people think about um, building up a portfolio do they need to go huge or can they own just a small handful of units over time and do well in real estate. Yeah, let me start by clarifying that. You know, the 7,400 units, yeah, I have that, but I also own a, like, basically it's a private equity fund. Uh, we raise money from, we have over like a thousand people have given a large chunks of money to me. I go and invest that, and then they get the majority of the money. So it sounds like a really big number, and almost anytime you hear an investor talking about thousands of units, it's really they own a small piece of a company or they own a company that owns a small piece of a large portfolio. So uh, it might sound super impressive. It's not as impressive as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> we, I, I mean, it's cool, right? It's, it's awesome. Uh, and we yeah. do run it. It always sounds great it, in but, an introduction. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. All right, so, but here's, here's the thing. Like I started with a single family house where I rented out the bedrooms, right? And then I went to a duplex. And then later I bought a fourplex. At one point I bought a 24 unit, like five years into my, my journey. But when you think of real estate, a lot of people think of it as in linear growth. Like imagine, imagine you wanted to save money, your money, your money guys, right? So let's talk, let's talk just general advice for saving money. If every single day you took a dollar and put it under your mattress, after a year you would have $365. That's linear mm -hmm. growth, right? Every day you're getting one more. A lot of people approach real estate that way. They're going to buy a house and then next year they're gonna buy another house and then next year they're gonna buy another house. And there's nothing wrong with that. After 10 years, you might have 10 houses and give it a few more years, they're all paid off and you're a multimillionaire. That's great. But you could also look at it as exponential growth, which is like, I bought a house, I bought a duplex, I bought a 10 unit, and then I'm gonna buy a 30 unit. At the end of the day, like those first few deals you do, they're not actually that important. Just like the first dollar you saved isn't that important. It's about the, the, the mindset behind saving or the mindset behind investing, right? So I tell everybody like, yeah, start with a single family house or a duplex. Don't start with a 50 unit or a hundred unit. That just gets overwhelming and crazy. Start with something simple, get your feet wet, figure it out. And then if you want to scale to thousands of units down the road, you can totally do that, but don't get overwhelmed by it. Just, just buy one, see what you think. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you can't just buy any random property, right? right. Like, like, so let's talk about analyzing deals. Like, like what are the yeah. main <laughs> things that uh, people need to know to ensure that they buy a good property that will make them money? You know, like what does it take to be that successful yeah. real estate investor? Yeah, it's funny. Actually, Business Insider did an article about me a, like a year ago, and they interviewed me for like an hour. And I, and I thought it might be kind of a hit piece. It was kind of a hit piece. And like, <laughs> but 
The, the title of the episode was Brandon Turner makes millions selling a dream. Even he thinks real estate's a terrible idea. That was the title of it, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, how the heck did they get that title out of this thing? First of all, I don't make millions selling real estate. Like, I mean, selling the dream. Like I, I make like, I don't know, whatever, half a million a year on book sales. But even besides that, I never said real estate's a bad idea. Then I listened to the interview, what they, or I read the interview anyway. And what it said in there is the quote I used was, you can't just go buy any random property and make it make money. You have to do your due diligence, you have to do your homework, you have to research, you have to analyze a lot of properties. They took that clip and they made that the title of real, Brandon Things Real Estate's a Terrible Idea. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. side point. There's why you don't trust media, by the way. Yeah, th- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't trust journalism. It's terrible. That's why I like podcasting. Anyway, so, uh, yes, there are a million ways to find deals, to find properties out there. But most properties are not good deals. Uh, you have to screen. What I like to say is that there's a funnel, right? Everything's a funnel in life. It's like you go and you want to get married, right? You got to go and, you know, meet a bunch of women. And then you got to talk to some of those women. And then you got to become friends with some of those women. And then you got to ask maybe one or two or three of them out or 10 or 20 or whatever, depending, I'm not judging. And then maybe you end up marrying one of them, right? Everything's a funnel. Real estate is the exact same way, right? You go out there, there's 100,000 homes in your area. Out of them, there's 1,000 that are for sale right now on the market. Out of them, there's probably 100 that fit your criteria. You might have to analyze 50 of them and you might make offers on 20 of them and you might get one accepted. And it's a huge funnel, but it's not actually that overwhelming when you think it, it takes maybe five minutes to analyze a single family house to see if it's worth buying. And so if you just did one a day, if you're just like, hey, every day I'm going to analyze a deal. It'll take me five minutes or less. It's going to plug in some numbers. Bigger Pockets has some great calculators for it. Uh, you just plug in the numbers. You're like, all right, this one actually might work. Let me make an offer. And you get rejected. You're like, okay, well, I'll try to get next week. And you make another offer next week. And then eventually you get a deal. It's really just systematized. You just work the system and you get the results. How, how do you think about investing for cash flow versus investing for appreciation? Because cash flow is a, is just like a little bit easier to kind of methodically understand, okay, if I get buy this property at this price with this interest rate, with this much percentage down, this is what my mortgage is going to be. This is the likely rent I'm going to get. You can kind of dial in and understand what your cash flow is likely to be after buying that property. Appreciation is a little more speculative, but it's also the reality for a lot of real estate investors. So how, yeah, how do you help people think through um, yeah, which, which uh, method they're investing for or yeah, how to think through that? Yeah, great question. So cash flow, I believe, if you buy it right, now this is, you gotta be very careful here. A lot of people, when they think of a rental property, think, oh, the, the mortgage is $1,000 a month, I'm gonna rent it for $1,100, $100 a month in cash flow. And in reality, there's a lot of expenses that go into owning a rental property. Things break mm-hmm. and people leave and they trash your unit and like on average, you gotta account for all that stuff. But anyway, besides that, let's say you actually got some real cash flow. Uh, you know, Maybe you rented it for 1500 your mortgage is a th- mortgage is a thousand that includes taxes and insurance, and then maybe your actual cash flow is a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah, that's amazing. And cash flow can give you freedom. Cash flow leads to financial freedom, right? If you if you're getting two hundred dollars for every single unit you own, just do the math. How many? How much money do you need to be financially free? Hundred thousand dollars a year? Like let's call it ten grand a month. Okay, at ten grand a month, how many two hundred units, like two hundred dollar per month units, do you need to own? And you just go get them. Okay, I'm gonna go out and get fifty units. And you could buy fifty single family houses if you wanted to. But most people go like house, and then maybe they buy a duplex, then they maybe buy a ten unit, and then they buy a thirty unit, and 
boom, they're done. They're there. And so that's cash flow. Now, appreciation is actually where wealth is made. Like nobody's ever like, yeah, I made $100 million off cash flow. That's not a thing. You make living mm-hmm. money off cash flow, but the real estate tends to go up in value over time, somewhere three to 5%, depending on who you ask. So you buy that property in Hawaii for $2 million, and 30 years from now, I sell it for $5 million. And I pay the loan off in that time. So appreciation is like the cherry on top. It's the wealth. But if you can't hold on to your property, you'll never get the appreciation. That's why my buddy David says cash flow is a defensive metric. It's designed to help you hold on long enough to get the real prize, which is the property going up in value and the loan getting paid off. Yeah, yeah. Cash flow allows you to maintain that property because if you can't maintain it, you're never you're never going to yeah. experience that appreciation over the long haul. And exactly. I, I think obviously, like it depends too where you live, right? Like the market that you're looking at. That I think that how much of an impact does it yeah. have on your strategy? Because every market's different. So obviously, if you're living in LA versus like Topeka, Kansas, uh, that's going to impact how you might proceed. Can you talk about specific markets and how you approach real estate as well? Sure. Yeah. I mean, real estate prices are largely driven by supply and demand. I mean, there's, there's natural inflation as well, but there's also supply and demand. And so what I look for when I buy a real estate, I'm just wondering, are people moving there? Now, I mean, I, I, my first 10 years investing, I only invested in a market where nobody was moving. In fact, the population was declining. It was a really rough area. It was like Western Washington, a little county called Grace Harbor. And I still did well. So don't, don't assume you can't invest in an area that's not booming like Austin. Uh, but if you want the highest chance of your properties going dramatically up in value, look to where people are moving. Look where, mm-hmm. where people are afraid of. Like if there's a ton of crime in an area and no one wants to live there, well, that's probably not where I'd invest a lot of money. You know, that said, there are people who have made millions investing in those areas. So yes, the area matters, but what matters more than the location you invest in is do you understand the location you invest in? And can you make it work in that area? It works everywhere. It just, like for example, we're, we're buying a huge apartment complex right now in Austin, Texas. It's huge, it's 369 units, it's uh, $85 million, like it's massive, right? And we're gonna raise all this money to buy it. And it cash flows a little bit, like maybe 2% the first year we're projecting, maybe like 5% the second year, maybe like seven the third year. So it's, it's decent return, it's probably comparable to maybe, maybe what the stock market averages. But it's in Austin, Texas, where 150 people a day are moving and they're only building like enough for 50 people a day on average. In other words, what does that mean looking out the five years from now, 10 years from now, when they're not building enough already, there's not enough, there's not enough housing already. They're not building enough housing and everybody wants to go to Austin. What does that mean for supply and demand? That is a bet I want to take. And so that's mm-hmm. why I buy for cash flow. Like I'm not going to buy it probably loses money, but I like buying in areas where things are growing. I got, I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're taking into account like current demographics and what's happening. I also want to talk about maybe like the market right now because it feels yeah. a little bit erratic, right? Like uh, market shifts yeah. are taking place. It feels like the Fed, obviously, what they're doing impacting rates on on mortgages, and which is kind of dramatically cooled down the housing market and after uh, yeah. on fire a period of uh, like 18 months, right? So so how how should like current market dynamics impact how real estate investors think about it? Because it feels like a lot of people they wanted they wanted in on rapid appreciation but now we're starting to see something shift and it's like oh should i be sitting on the sidelines like how do you think about that or how do you help uh, advise real estate investors to think about that 
Yeah, it's interesting investing in an asset where the government is actively trying to slow it down. I mean, the government is vocally, publicly saying, we want house prices to stop going up so high. Uh, And Uh that's what they're doing. They're trying to stop house prices from going up so high and other prices as well. But I mean, housing is people's biggest expense. If they can slow that, that'll slow inflation. That's why they're putting a lot of effort on housing right now. Housing and gas. Gas actually makes like the smallest impact on people's wallets, but it's the most visible because you drive by it a hundred times a day. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Totally. Like it actually doesn't make as big of an impact as people think. Like it's, you know, whatever gas prices are higher. Okay. You're spending an extra $80 a month in your b- bills, but your rent goes up by $600. That's a bigger problem. So, all right. So the government is actively trying to slow down house prices from climbing so fast. The government does not want a recession. They probably won't avoid it. It's probably going to happen unless they redefine the term for recession, which they're doing, which is a whole different story. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's not a recession anymore because we changed the definition. But uh, anyway, so can you still invest in a time like that? I mean, 100% for sure. In fact, a lot of wealth is created in times of economic uncertainty for people who are A, smart, uh, B, they're bold, right? And three, they're uh, adaptive or nimble. Right, so like in, if you're in a recession, it's great to invest not just in real estate, but in entrepreneurship, whatever. If you're smart, nimble, and bold, you can make a lot of money. So here's what I look at. Here's why I'm still buying right now. Our house is, our house price is going to level off, almost guaranteed. Yes, there's still a ton of people who want to buy. So I don't see a crash like 08. I don't think hardly anybody predicts a crash like 08 uh, because the fundamentals are very different. But uh, are they going to level off? Are they going to slow down? Are we going to see a slight dip? I definitely think so. In fact, I, I could see a lot of markets dropping five, 10% maybe. Do I care if a price, if I buy a property right now that makes cash flow from year one, do I care in 30 years whether or not that thing dipped five or 10% 30 years earlier? Not at all. I don't care. So I invest for the long haul and I sustain with cash flow. Uh, now, that said, there are certain tactics that I'd be wary of right now, right? Flipping houses. You know, flipping houses, right? You buy a nasty house, you fix it up, you sell it for a bunch more money later. There are so many people that I know who have tried to get into flipping the last few years and they buy a house, they paid way too much for it, they went way over budget on it, they took way too long on it, and then made like a hundred grand simply because the market <laughs> went up so much, right? Uh-huh. Like those days are over. Like like sure. those <laughs> days are over. However, for people who are smart, nimble, bold, there is a tremendous opportunity to be had right now. And because again, with the supply and demand, with the amount of people moving to certain areas, the lack of housing, we did not build housing in America for 10 years. That is going to hurt us for the next 10 years because there's just simply not enough of it. And so I'm still buying, I'm still excited about it, even though the Fed is going to try to slow down things. You can't stop a train when it's moving this fast. That's true. You can't stop something that is a basic human need and folks will continue to buy it. That's why we're still investing and excited about real estate as well, Brandon. And we're going to get to some additional topics, maybe some higher level topics when it comes to investing in real estate. We'll get to those right after this. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All 
right, we're back from the break. We're, we're still talking with Brandon Turner, talking about real estate investing and so much good wisdom. Like, l- literally go back and listen to those last 15 minutes if you're considering <laughs> investing right. in real estate, but you're kind of unsure. Uh, th- there's a lot of stuff packed in there. But I want to kind of ask like a random moral question here <laughs> for you, Brandon. Sure. The, the perception of landlords, it seems like, is changing in this current climate. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I'm wondering, how do you feel about that? Like, uh, how does that impact your yeah your thoughts on real estate investing? Because Matt and I, we've always said that as being small mom and pop landlords, we feel like we're providing a service. We're trying to provide uh, a place yeah. that is clean, well taken care of. Um, that and not everyone wants to buy a home, so there is a need for nice single family and duplex rental houses out there. Uh, people people want those. How do you think about maybe the kind of changing uh, uh, view that a lot of people have towards landlords? Yeah, man. It, it is fascinating. Like when the pandemic hit, right? And everyone was all freaked out and scared. The government went in and was like, okay, no more evictions. You know, like a lot of people didn't have to pay rent and it didn't matter. You couldn't do anything. But like, it's funny. They didn't go and tell the, the grocery stores, hey, you have to give away free food. But they told the landlords, you got to give free rent. For whatever reason, landlords are treated differently. Even though we both provide basic things, there's grocery stores, there's landlords, there's car companies. Like, they're all similar, yet people will all, like the government tends to focus on landlords. Again, I would argue it's because like people know their landlord and so they put a face to it. Uh, and so like they, they blame the landlord for their problems. Now, is it immoral to own thousands and thousands of units? I don't think so at all. I mean, like somebody has to do it. And if, and it takes a ton of uh, education, risk, knowledge, you know, uh, whatever, boldness, like bravery to go out and do that. And if nobody did that, then there would be no houses out there and everyone would be living in caves again. Right. So hmm. it, it's an important service for the world to have smart people that are making money off real estate. Now, would I go and buy a mobile home park where rents are $300 a month and people are barely scraping by and then jack their rent to $1,000 a month and be like, well, you can move if you want to, but I know you can't afford to. No, that's a, that's a jerk thing to do. Like there is, yeah. there is normal, the course of normal business. And then there is like being a jerk and pushing people because you're basically blackmailing them or whatever, holding them hostage. Uh, there's a line there. Now, our like, our world seems to be moving more and more into this like socialism, like I deserve, like housing's a right, I deserve this, right? Uh, and as that happens, uh, if that do, if that continues, which I don't I don't think it will. I think when people get older, I think it's just the vocal minority of the young people. But if that did continue, a great, the government's going to be paying more and more money to us landlords, and we're going to make even more money because it's going to be coming from the government instead of people, and this, their taxes are going to go up, and they're going to pay a lot more in taxes. Uh, hmm. So I'm not horribly worried about it, but there definitely is this feel that landlords are scum, and therefore we should give, <laughs> you know, we should not charge for rent. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. So I don't yeah. have a good answer well, on like why that is or what to do about it, other than like no, yeah, I, uh, I don't I don't buy in blue states. Like I hardly buy in blue states. I'll buy old, and it's not a political thing. It's well, I guess maybe it is political. I have no problem with blue politics. I just don't want to be in those states. It just increases my you, risk. Too you much. don't want it to necessarily affect your money because it's going to have an impact. Well, yeah. literally on the investments. The legislation, what's on the books, is different in in a lot of states, and that's yeah. something you need to yeah. take into consideration. There are certain states that are more landlord friendly, certain that are more tenant friendly, and it's important to know yeah. that before you buy some sort of $300,000 asset that you're hoping produces cash flow because if the yeah. laws aren't in your favor, there's a chance that yeah. it, it works to your disadvantage. Yeah, th- thems is the rules yeah. to the game that you're playing. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you got to yes. pay attention to that. But I like what you said too yes. about the fact that it takes a certain amount of bravery 
And like you were talking about before the break, there was a lack of that over the past 10 years after the housing crisis, uh, after the crash, because folks did not want to get burned. And so folks who saw that as an opportunity, who took that risk upon themselves, were rewarded for that. And so I think that's maybe another way to kind of look at it. Did you guys hear in Seattle that law, they tried to pass a law, it didn't go, but in Seattle, they had a law going through the works or whatever that you were if you were a landlord you were required to give equity to your tenant in the property like that's the that's the stuff that freaks me out of the future of like you know if somebody just completely crazy gets elected to president if they're like you know what from now on all tenants have 20 percent equity in their own you know owner's properties like not only is that a nightmare from an administrative standpoint but okay does that mean when the roof goes bad that that tenant is paying 20 percent of that roof like sure it's like stuff that it sounds really good right yeah and it's going to get people elected because it's going to be what people want to hear but it's just unsustainable, right? Like it's, it's yeah. anyway, the smart people tend to figure the, the, the way through the tax system and through the legal systems and they make it work. Right. So, okay, you just hosted a, a webinar about the tax benefits of real estate, right? And so in addition yeah. to some of the other ways that you make money, obviously appreciation, cash flow, how does investing in real estate help to ease that tax burden uh, come April 15th? Can you talk about that for a second? Sure. Yeah, uh, New York Times put an article, this bombshell article a couple of years ago. Uh, they finally got Trump's tax returns and they put it out there in this like, you know, bombshell front page all over the place that Donald Trump paid $750 in federal taxes the year that he, like federal income tax, the year he became president. And people were like, that's ridiculous. He makes hundreds of millions of dollars. And when that came out, I was like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he's paid $750. Like, he needs to get a better CPA. Like, he should have got that down to zero, right? Like, because in real estate, like, this is, that was not a surprise to anybody who invests in real estate uh, at, at, a, at a certain level. Because like, the government rewards real estate investors heavily. Like, they give it, like, that entire tax code, right? I'm sure you talk about this on the show. The tax code exists to encourage or discourage activities. They want you to do certain things and they give you money for doing certain things or help you save money for doing certain things. They need housing. They want housing. So they give us a lot of rewards if you are a real estate person. Uh, One of those specifically, uh, and I don't want to go super deep in the weeds, but there's a thing called depreciation. It's basically the, the value of your property you get to write off a chunk of that every single year. Just like if you were to buy a new car for your business, you can't deduct the $30,000 car the first year. You deduct it over a number of years, five years, seven years, 10 years, whatever. So real estate's the same way. You get to deduct a piece of your property every year. Even though you didn't lose any money, you still get to take this little bit of a loss every single year. Now, what the government has done recently is they've enacted a number of different changes that have allowed you to take what you normally would divide up over, like, give or take 30 years and condense it or a bunch of it all the way down to the first year. So, in Hmm. other words, like, when I I buy a property and let's say I go – Let's say I put $100,000 into one of my apartments right now. I go as a, as a partner, like I, I raise money from people, they put in 100 grand. They're getting roughly 30 to 70, depends on the deal, 30 to 70% of that as a loss their first year. So like you invest 100 grand and all of a sudden your paperwork shows at the end of the year that you lost 70 grand that year. That's crazy. Now, you didn't actually lose any money. It's all paper loss, but the government does that, uh, allows that to encourage certain actions. And so mm-hmm. that's the real bet. Now, you can't offset your W-2 income with that necessarily. There is a way to do it. I do it. So does Donald Trump. Um, you basically have to be a full-time real estate investor if you want to offset W-2 income or you know capital gains and stuff. But it can offset passive gains like cash flow. 
So the question, to, to, to boil it all down, I like to ask this question, first of all. If you earn $100,000 a year from your W-2 job, you work at a nice you know, tech company, you make $100,000 a year, I make $100,000 a year in cash flow. Who pays more taxes? By far, you pay more taxes. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, it's not even close, right? Like, uh, uh, of my income of 100,000 cash flow, I would pay probably $0 in taxes on that. You would probably pay somewhere in the 30 to $40,000 range. It's shocking. Uh, and then when you get into the fancy, like, real estate professional world, like, then you can offset your income. So that's why I make, a, whatever, half a million on book royalties, another half a million on other stuff. I don't pay taxes on any of that. Like, I, none mm. of that. Now, you have to pay it back someday. Uh, they call it recapture, but there's ways to offset that and defer it into the future indefinitely until you die. So it's, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, well, and there's, we, we could have a discussion about whether or not uh, those rules of the game are the best rules out there, right? Yeah, um, yeah but I don't know if they are, that's but not the discu- that's yeah, exactly. what they are. That's not yep. the discussion we need to have. The, the discussion is like, based on the rules of the game, does real estate investing make sense? And the rules of the game are are good in so many ways, especially especially favorable from a tax standpoint. So yeah, I think yeah. It's, that's um, healthy to point out. And that person making W-2 income, if they're investing in real estate on the side, they can still take advantage of, even while they have a day yes. job, uh, some of those yes. some of those tax advantages. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Well, one of the things, Brandon, that you're kind of known for that when I when I see you on social media, you're often talking about like goals or vision setting. This is something that you like take very seriously, um, and it seems to have made just this like massive impact in in your life. So, like, what's your advice maybe for folks to take more control over their lives? Sometimes it feels it feels like. Um, okay, real estate investing—it's for the gurus like Brandon Turner. But man, how in the world am I am I going to get started? Um, so, but oftentimes it, it starts with a lot of small steps, right? And and some of those steps aren't even yeah. uh, even before we get to kind of researching deals. There's like an internal shift that needs to take place. Yeah, very much. So the way I look at this, most people in the world live their life in the back seat of their cab. Like they live like they're being driven around by just like forces that they don't control very few people realize that they can get in the driver's seat and like drive that cab themselves and get to the location they want to get to now is it guaranteed you're gonna get there no there's a lot of other people on the road driving around but you don't have to be this like just blowing in the wind uh trying to figure out where you're gonna end up so the first kind of shift that i try to encourage people to make is that you have complete control over your actions which generally speaking will guide you towards the destination you want again not guaranteed and there are people who have a lot of privilege and they've got you know i, I have a lot of things that that benefited me in life and other people have even more and some people have worse but generally speaking you can control so that's the first first thought the second thing people get overwhelmed by like big goals right i'm gonna go buy uh, uh i'm gonna be a millionaire i want to be i want to have a, a million dollar net worth or i want to have you know a fancy new car and they look at that goal and that's all they think is goal and where i am today and nothing in between that so what i'm a huge proponent of is just working backwards in the book the one thing they call it goal setting to the now you basically go look where do i want to be seven to ten years from now well you know i'd like to have a five million dollar net worth great what do you got to do in the next year to be on track for that well let's see one year from now if i was if i owned my first rental property by the end of this year that would be pretty good that'd be on track okay great to be on track for that annual goal what do you got to do this quarter Oh man, okay, well if I want to buy a rental by the end of the year, I guess this quarter, why don't I go get uh, pre-approved by, by a local bank? Okay, great. So to be on track by the end of the quarter, get pre-approved, what should you do this week? Well, what if I got together this week, I could get together all of my stuff, my documents, my tax returns, my pay stubs, all that, and I'm gonna ask some buddies who the best mortgage person in, in my area is. Okay, great. In order to be on that track, what do you gotta get done today? 
and you're like, oh, okay, well today I'm going to get a mortgage broker. I'm gonna find that mortgage broker today. Great, what do you have to do in the next five minutes to be on track for that mortgage broker? I'm gonna go on my Facebook page and I'm gonna ask my family and friends for a recommendation for a mortgage broker. Now, notice what I did there. I took a goal of making a $5 million net worth, of having a $5 million net worth, and that entire goal, all that freedom, all that fun, all having a pri- you know, amazing cars and more time with my family, my, my dream life, all of it hinges on one little action of posting on Facebook, right? And that's, that's the message I try to get out is that no matter what the goal is, there's almost always a five minute or less task that you can go do right now. Just none of us, we t- typically don't recognize what that is and we just don't, because we don't know what it is, we don't put it on our calendars or we don't do it. So if you can get that goal far out and then work backwards to find out what do you gotta do today and what do you gotta do now, that will change your mm. life forever. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Finding ways to, Man, like that's how you eat that elephant, right? Like yeah. one bite at a time, yes. you break it down into that's those smaller it. bits and pieces until you can kind of put pen to paper and take action today. Brandon, I don't know how folks are going to listen to this interview and not want to invest in real estate <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, we talk about this kind of stuff all the day, uh, all the time, every day, and, and it's kind of getting me fired up as well. Um, kind of wanted to, I guess, maybe ask you maybe more of a personal question because like you left sure. Bigger Pockets at the end of last year. Yeah. You know, Bigger Pockets, it's a great resource for folks, incredible information for folks who want to learn more about investing in real estate. But like, why is it? I'm, I'm curious why you made that decision. You know, like, what are you up to now? What's sure. the next big thing in your life? Yeah, man. So Bigger Pockets, I love them still. I got my start through Bigger Pockets. I posted on there early. I was a member of just the site, like on the forums before it was even a blog or a mm-hmm. podcast. Like, I got my 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 mentor growing up was Bigger Pockets, and I still use it today. I still love it. I still recommend it all the time. But there was a question that somebody asked me. Uh, about a year ago now, and they said, it was a performance coach, and he said, what do you have to let go of to truly get to the next level? And that question just like festered in my mind. I'm like, what do I, what is the next level and what do I have to let go of? And I realized, one, the next level of being a present father and husband in my family's life, the next level of health and fitness, the next level of my business. I mean, Open Door Capital was growing like a, is growing like a weed. It's very, very rapidly growing. We've, again, we've raised money from over a thousand people who would rather put their money with me and partner instead of trying to, you know, fix toilets on their own. So like (laughs) it was growing. And so the answer came back at the end of that kind of soul searching is the thing I had to give up was being the guy in the podcast. I'm not saying I won't do the podcast. I mean, I've even come back once now and I'll probably come back again. It's not that I had to give it up forever. But to get to the next level, I needed to stop being the guy on the mm-hmm. podcast that I was, right? So now this year, I spent three months traveling the country with my family, even went over to Europe for a while. Uh, I nice. bought a house, vacation house in Idaho that I'm spending some time at. I'm like, it's real. And then, and then of course, like we doubled in size, like our portfolio doubled this year with Open Door Capital. That was not uh, a coincidence. Hmm. Uh, that was yeah. because I stopped focusing on multiple things. I shut down multiple businesses all at the same time, bigger pockets and other things, so I could focus on the few things that mattered. I like it. Brandon, dude, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, with our audience. <laughs> and where can, yeah, where can uh, How to Money listeners find out more about you and what you're up to? 
Yeah, man. Uh, I'm like a 13 year old girl, so I'm very active on Instagram. You know, that's not even true anymore, right? Like, I no. used to always say that. Like, uh, I was like a teenager. Year old girl now, now it's more like, yeah, exactly. I'm a 33 year old girl. I'm on Instagram, but I am a 13 year old girl on TikTok, so you can find me there as well. Uh, it's Beardy Brandon, like Beard with a Y, Beardy Brandon. And then my, uh, if anybody's interested in investing with me, again, that's what I do now. I do the bulk of the work, and investors get bulk of the profit. That's at ODC Fund, O D C. Uh, opendoorcapitalfund.com. That's right. Yeah. And we will make sure to link to that for folks out there who are looking to potentially invest some larger sums of money, because uh, <laughs> oftentimes that's what these syndication yes. deals, uh, which we didn't really dive exactly. into, but uh, there, there will be more information on that up in our show notes. Brandon, thank you so much for talking with us today. And we will look forward to the next time we talk with you as well. Ah, thank you guys. Matt, it's always fun to talk to someone who is like truly an expert <laughs> well, well i thought you were gonna say on fire for the thing they're talking about that's true too beardy brandon a passionate uh, expert right <laughs> incredibly passionate about real estate yes it clearly shows in the fact that this is what he's been doing for you know decades now and he's continuing to do this you know well, he's, he's with, also with his own company he's also passionate about educating people mm-hmm. about it oh, right yeah. yep. so even that trans it comes through it comes through that he mm-hmm. is just he wants other people to understand it the way he understands it understands it and to do well uh, by investing in real estate. Yep. And so he wants to unlock the keys, uh, as it were, for people to be able to invest in real estate for themselves and to build wealth. And and we are um, on board with that mission. We're not uh, real estate investors on the level of Brandon Turner, that's <laughs> for sure. But um, even even just going the mom and pop route, we think is a win for, mm-hmm. for lots of folks. But yeah, what was your big takeaway from that conversation? Uh, okay, so my big takeaway has to do with the current market conditions. I was curious to hear what he was going to say about that, because I think a lot of folks are are a little unsure what to do right now because they're either thinking about buying a home for themselves or maybe they have a home and they're like, oh man, I was going to get into real estate this year, but you know the rising prices have been insane. Uh, the cost of financing, it's, it's been crazy. Uh, but his response to that was that he is not concerned about mm-hmm. those things. He is a real estate investor for the long haul and over the next 30 years, you know, and he says that because typically you're looking at 30-year mortgages, where are things going to be? And I think the same thing can be true. I mean, we talk about this all the time when it comes to just straight up investing in the stock market, right? Like we should not allow and let these day-to-day, month-to-month, even these kind of immediate term, year-to-year fluctuations impact how it is that we're investing. So he is continuing to invest within real estate. You are investing, you're, uh, you definitely have your eye more on real estate than I than I do right now, but I am still definitely investing within the market. And so mm-hmm. in the same way that we are still eyes on the prize kind of thing, looking over the course of the, the coming years and decades, that's, right. that's how we need to think S- about still it. Still thinking long-term, even, even if there's a market blip where real estate is now kind of less affordable or whatever, like it doesn't mean you can't still find a good deal. And exactly. I think, but one of the things Brandon said, probably my big takeaway, yeah, was he, yours. Said, he said, most properties are not good deals. And yeah. I think that is such an important thing for real estate investors to know or want to be real estate investors is you have to sift through a lot of crap in order to find the gems. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the gem is going to be a perfect looking house, right? Like he talked about that quad that he bought like the same week that his daughter was born. Yeah. How it was trashed. It, <laughs> it was nasty, I think. <laughs> the gem might smell weird. <laughs> you might have to like knock off some of the crap yeah. off of the gem. That's but right. that does not mean that it is not a good investment. That's exactly right. But, uh, but yeah. I'll, yeah. Good takeaway. Yeah. And so if you, you're going to have to know, hone in on, in, in all likelihood, a specific neighborhood and find your niche, as Brandon talked about, instead of trying to cash your net wide and think about, oh, investing in multifamily and single family and hey, 
maybe apartment complexes. I don't know. Maybe I can do it all. <laughs> if you will hone in on something, you will be able to more easily spot the gem when it appears. That's right. Even if it's kind of like a stinky gem that needs some work. Actually, those are oftentimes <laughs> the best ones. The ones that need your love are the best investments. You heard it right here. Joel likes the stinky gems. <laughs> uh, dude, we enjoyed... Funny enough, this is kind of like one. There is a there's a lot of talk about boldness and bravery. I feel like during this episode as well. And the beer we are drinking today is called Do or Die <laughs> Spice Chocolate. This is a beer by Orpheus Brewing, and I feel like this is it's kind of appropriate, right? Sure. It's it's kind of like I mean, you're not going to die if you don't invest in real estate, but I don't know. Maybe if you're not investing at all, uh, you're going to see your wealth erode away with inflation that we're seeing these days. But uh, what were your thoughts on on this particular beer? Yeah. So, and by the way, not everyone has to invest in real estate but no that's uh, that's why i made my big takeaway about the stock market yeah. because the same a very similar principle that a lot of folks who are listening are like yeah that's all great but i'm, I'm still not going to do that but think about how that still applies to how it is that we invest in the stock market. yeah the main goal of this episode is to say real estate investing feels daunting for a lot mm-hmm. of people and like let's maybe simplify it break it down with the help of a guy who knows what he's talking about. Yep. But yeah, my, my thoughts on this beer were that it had a little bit of spice, which was nice. Um, it a actually, nice amount of heat. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't overwhelming, even though I actually kind of like beers with a lot of heat going on behind the scenes. But this one kind of had some oatmeal cream pie vibes going on as well. Okay. Uh, those little little Debbie 10-packs or whatever. It, it, it This is like kind of that infused into a beer, I thought, in a lot of ways. So it was kind of fun beer. In- interesting. Had a lot of things going on. Which only makes me think of the middle class is shrinking episode from last week, and that was my favorite scene from that movie when they come across the oatmeal cream pie uh, in the yard, and they're just like chowing down. Oh yeah, you remember? Yeah, oh, honey, I shrunk the kids. As, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was my favorite scene <laughs> from that movie. Uh, but this is a beer that they made in collaboration with a, a chocolate company here in Atlanta. But yeah, it's got a lot of chocolate vibes going on in this beer with like the right amount of chilies and cocoa nibs and cinnamon. It all just comes together real well and produces this delicious beer. I'm glad you and I got to enjoy this one today, buddy. But that is going to be it. Folks can find our show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com. Joel, until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. 
sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 